Welcome to this episode of Focus Points. This is a series intended to help us as a church better understand our Bible as we read through the Bible together this year. We're going to look at one book of the Bible each episode and try to answer one basic question. What do I need to know in order to get more out of reading this book? So, let's get started. All right, today we're going to be looking at the book of Numbers. Now, if you're the type of person like me that likes those all-you-can-eat buffets because you can get a little bit of everything, you are going to love the book of Numbers because that is what it has. It has a little bit of everything. There are some Old Testament laws that are given. There are some narratives that are given. There are records of speeches that are given. And then, of course, two times in this book, we have a census that is made first when they're at Sinai, and then when they're in Moab about to go into the land 40 years later. So there's a little bit of everything. It's interesting to me that one of the Jewish names for this book, instead of calling it Numbers, it literally, they, the Jews literally called it In the Wilderness. In fact, that's how the book begins, In the Wilderness, and then chapter 1 starts. So if it helps you, don't think of this as the book of Numbers. Think of this as the book of stuff that happened in the wilderness. The Wilderness History Book is what we're looking at. Now, Numbers does have a structure that might help you understand what's going on because Numbers covers 40 years of Israel's history, all right? You have Leviticus, this giving of the law, and then you have Deuteronomy that's just about that's given just about as they're ready to cross over the land. If we didn't have Numbers, we'd have no idea of what happened in that 40 years. But you have the first 10 chapters of Numbers that happen at Mount Sinai, very early on in the wilderness. The next 10 chapters are what's happening in the wilderness. All right, they get to Kadesh Barnea, the 12 spies go in, you know, 10, 12 men went to spy on Canaan, 10 were bad and 2 were good. Okay, you have that story going on. And then you have 40 years of wandering. And then you have after that in chapter 22 through 24, you have Balaam and his talking donkey and his oracles that he gives. And there will be a side note a little later on that. And then you have Israel at the plains of Moab. They're ready to go in, but they're not quite ready yet. So that fourfold, they're at Sinai, they're in the wilderness, they're with Balaam, and then they're right there on the edge of the promised land. Now what is the message of Numbers? With all this variety of things that are going on, what is God trying to teach us? I think God is trying to teach us that he graciously guides and teaches his people despite their shortcomings. And I think you could put even in parentheses, despite their constant and horrible shortcomings, because the people of Israel are always falling short. They're always doubting God's promises. They're always doubting God's leaders. There's all this sin that's going on in the wilderness. But I think this message is important because when I look at numbers, who do I, who should I identify myself with? I mean, we all want to be Joshua and Caleb, but let's admit it. Most often, we're like the children of Israel, who God is graciously guiding and working with despite our own shortcomings. So I think that's a good message to go on as far as what numbers is about. Numbers also makes a lot of connections back to Genesis. These uh, the two recorded, uh, the times of census that are recorded were at the beginning of the wilderness and then at the end. You think of how that connects back to the seed promise, all right? Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, God says, I'm going to make of you a great nation. All right, we see they are definitely a great nation. Even after 40 years in the wilderness, 
They count them again. They are still a great nation, even though there's been all these judgments that have gone along. Then we also see this idea of the land promise. Abraham, Genesis 12, I'm going to bring you to a land that is your own. And the whole book of Numbers is about them getting ready to get to the land, failing at first, wandering in the wilderness, and then going back to get into the land. So that's how Numbers connects back with the book of Genesis. So what are some of the themes? Some of the themes that you can kind of have in your mind that will help you categorize what you're reading and maybe see how connections are being made. The first theme is this. God has a plan. God has a plan for his people. He is a very organized God in how he goes about. It's not just haphazard. You see his organization in the census. All right, count the people. Divide them up. This is how the camp, this is the ways that they're going to be spread out. These people to the east, these to the north, these to the south. God also has a plan for Israel, and it includes blessing. Right? He's the one who gives the words to the priestly blessing in Numbers uh, 6, starting in verse 22. All right? That talks about you know God's face shining on the people. His plan is to bless. In his plan, he provides guidance. All right? On their present journey, he has given them, he's, he's the cloud, he's the pillar that's moving them along. He provides food for them and water for their journey. He orders their daily life with all these laws that are given. So he organizes. He's, his plan includes blessing and guidance. His plan also includes leadership. God uses people to fulfill his plan. Moses and Aaron are constantly interceding for Israel. Look at Numbers 11, 2 and 12, 13. God does not allow other men, such as Korah, to, and his 250 people that were with him to usurp the authority that he's given to Moses and Aaron because God in his plan has set them up as leaders. It's interesting, this idea of God setting up the people's leaders is going to play into when they get a king and what he does with David and some of the other kings to follow later on in their history. But even when Aaron, Aaron and Miriam, uh, Aaron and Moses' sister, when Aaron and Miriam try to take more power from Moses, God judges them. Miriam has leprosy for several days as a punishment from God. And God in his plan is also setting up leadership for after Moses. Joshua comes into play in the book of Numbers uh, and is mentioned more in Numbers than he is in Exodus or in Deuteronomy. And he is the heir that God has set up, meaning God has a plan for now. God also is preparing his plan to be put in action for later. So theme one, God has a plan. Theme two, God teaches. He teaches through judgment. We have this phrase, anger was kindled. It happens eight times in Numbers. You have examples of fire coming down and judging Israel. Uh, numbers 11, verse 1, it consumed Korah and his 250 followers in number 1635. Plagues come on Israel in four different occasions. But at every time that God is sending these judgments, these judgments were also instructing the people on what he is like and how they ought to respond when they see the judgment of the Lord. For instance, Consider Phineas, who is Aaron's grandson in Numbers chapter 25. The people are sinning with the people of Mo Israel, sinning with the people of Moab, 
an Israelite brings in a Moabitess woman and marries her and is having these relationships with her. And Phineas comes, and in zeal for God's name, he throws a spear through both of them. And God looks at that and says, because Phineas saw the judgment because of the sin, he dealt with sin swiftly, and he had a zeal for my name. I'm going to give him this everlasting covenant of peace. And that covenant included an offspring that would live forever. So Phineas's descendants are waking up today in this world because of the zeal that he had for the Lord. But he saw the judgment, he knew what needed to be done, and he went and did it. And so God's judgment becomes a teaching tool. But God also teaches his people in the wilderness through his grace. Numbers 14, 18. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgressions. Numbers 19, the laws about the red heifer, shows God's willingness to give grace and to pardon from sin. Even Balaam's oracles, which we're going to have a um, side note about a little bit later, shows God's grace to Israel. You think of all the sin that was happening, all the times God did judge, but all the times God tempered his judgment with this willingness to forgive and his focus on trying to bless this people, even though they did not deserve it. Israel could look back at their own history as recorded in Numbers and learn from the judgment and also learn from the grace that God gives. So God has a plan. God teaches through judgment and God teaches through grace. So as you read this book, just two questions that I encourage you to ask yourself. First of all, what does this passage say about God's plan? How is this somehow unfolding God's plan of organization, his leadership, his blessing, and those various things we mentioned before? And then second, how is God instructing Israel about himself and how they need to respond to him? So I hope that you will be blessed as you read the book of Numbers this year.